The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. It has been an amazing birthday week, and I will be telling you all about it in the upcoming weeks after an amazing experience with a former guest from this program. We'll be talking about it more, as I said, in the upcoming weeks. But this week, we have an amazing conversation with a kink educator and professional dominant who's quite approachable. Dubbed the approachable pervert by peers, renowned kink educator and professional dominant Eve Minax demystifies BDSM by showing erotic explorers how to be more confident, compassionate, and kinky. A long-term advocate and trainer of upcoming lifestyle and professional dominance, Minax acted as lead staff instructor for the Cleo Dubois Academy of SM Arts from 2002 to 2020, and has taught kink and BDSM at conferences for over 20 years. A certified body piercer, sex educator, urban tantrika, and bondage practitioner, and trainer, Minax values the importance of ongoing training. You may find her educational videos at Kink Academy, along with other kink education sites. Intrigued by the psychobiology of BDSM and its potential to heal, Eve currently collaborates with Tashira on kink, neurodiversity, and trauma recovery. You can find Eve Minax at evemanax.com and support Getting the Kinks Out on Patreon. Eve Manax on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you ever used the term Minax, and where did it come from? Um, it 
it was an evolution. Um, I wanted a name that could uh, stand alone. I wanted a name meaning, you know, Madonna, Cher, Midori. <laughs> Sorry, Midori. <laughs> um, but mostly I wanted a name that was um, non-gendered and did not connote a particular um, culture or ethnicity uh, or, you know, uh, like that. So um, as I was doing my research, which was a lot of research over a long period of time, I'm very uh, research driven. It's kind of one of my little fetishes. I think a lot of BDSM educators probably are on some level or another, but um, yeah, definitely a fun time for me. But uh, yeah, it went on for a while and I had tried out a few different names, uh, you know, scene names and what have you, play names uh, and then pronames. Um, but I knew I wanted something, like I said, very distinctive in the sense of non-gendered, non-specifically like culturally specific or uh, what have you. So, uh, or time period, you know, Queen Victoria, Argonaut or what have you. So <laughs> um, when I saw Minax, I was like, ah, I love it. It's two syllables, a couple of hard syllables and an X in there. It also sounds like men axe, like, you know, take an axe to the man. Uh, no offense, I'm not an axe taker to the man, but you know what I mean? It was just, just grabbed me. And I liked it that its origins are actually Greek. Um, but it's more of a scientific term. It turns out that the minax is a uh, uh, spider, a tarantula, and um, it's well known in uh, Southeast Asia and Australia. I had just gotten back from living in Australia for a year and a half where I had pursued quite a bit of my kink and BDSM uh, adventures. And I'm slightly arachnophobic. Wow. I'm not. I'm not a full on arachnophobe, but I definitely, you know, of all the things like I don't snakes, you know, I don't know, lions, tigers, bears, oh my, but you know, spiders kind of trip me out a little bit. They're so like little and hairy and poisonous sometimes. And, um, and living in Australia, you really, you know, you get to, 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 to learn about some of the, the more dangerous ones and the various ways that people uh, deal with them there. So long story short, it suited my uh, desire for, you know, not particularly a gendered name, not particularly a, you know, culturally significant name, and only those who would know the Menax spider might associate it with that, which has only been a few times over the years. And I've had that name now for uh, 20, five years or so. Um, so yeah, that's how Minax came about. I could probably give you more. Oh, and there was the, the alliteration because back in the day, we didn't, there wasn't a lot of like, you know, there were goddesses maybe or lady this or that, but those are, are uh, uh, even they were, were less common and mistress was just kind of the standard. And I, as much as I didn't want to be a mistress necessarily, uh the alliteration worked also mistress minax worked great initially first time you realized that you were a pervert 
because you are the approachable pervert. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Um, Well, that's a really good question because I kind of feel like I always knew it Mm, in the sense that I always knew I was weird. You know, I got picked on at, at school for being, quote, weird. And so I would be like, yeah, I'm weird. I'm crazy. <laughs> Just throw it back at the, the kids who were trying to, to pick on me because I thought it was kind of funny that they should think that that was such a bad thing. It's sort of like these days when, you know, people bandy about the term, you know, socialist or what have you. And I'm like, not not a problem. I'll take that term, mm-hmm. Marxist, what have you. Um, so the actual pervert, if we're going to associate it with, uh, kink aware, once again, I mean, I was sticking fingers in asses and spanking and choking and bondage and blindfolds as soon as I possibly could. I just always had what I would have called a a great sense of adventure. Um, I think that sometimes these terms get turned into these sort of black and white things of like, I'm kinky, you're vanilla. Uh, You know, I think that we all have elements of this or that within us. And however it gets pulled out or enjoyed really depends on person, circumstance, et cetera, et cetera. I pretty much have been fearlessly uh sexually adventuresome from a very early age uh and um and then there's history around that too but 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 in reality i think that uh kink pervert all good i remember when we started using the term pervert as a like a pro like i'm a pervert and i'm happy woohoo uh and that was a long time ago too that was you know 20 some years ago easily um and that was not difficult for me to attach myself to first time you realized that gender meant something as far as identification because obviously we live in a new world now but it seems like you've understood it a lot longer yeah, thank you for asking that um, and 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 uh, noticing. Um, that's a that's a really good question because if I understand you correctly, you're asking me to uh, signify when I noticed or to you know share when I noticed it, and I wouldn't say that I I I can remember that I don't have any memories before five or six years old. What I can say is I remember the exact moment when I recognized that if I wanted to wear jeans as an eight-year-old girl being raised in Indiana as badly as I wanted to wear those jeans, that there is no way in hell there wasn't a, a little boy out there wanting to wear a dress just as badly. It just was not logical. So I knew from the age of eight that uh, that there was this sort of gender policing and that it never made any sense to me. There are so many ways I can go 
down that path with you. And I will do that a little bit later in the show because I would love to, especially with me in Ohio, although this show goes all around the world, I can understand that Indiana culture there. Hmm. And so that's... Ohio, I'm sorry to say it. If you're listening right now, y'all have gone downhill. Yes. Have a little bit more lefty politics used to have a little bit more brain cells that are open to the universe in a variety of different ways and you have absolutely been failing uh in that department for several years now so i hope ohio you can pull your asses out of your you know heads out of your asses and what have you uh you can delete that if you want to in recording not a problem at all i lived in seattle for 20 years and was born and raised in washington dc so I have and, seen... and I don't mean it as an offensive. It's it's yeah. you know uh, Midwesterners are my people. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, uh, who's the first to critique your 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 own is is you know is is a person from yeah. So first time you realized that kink could be something that creates healing for someone. It was a gradual understanding. I am a um a survivor of um, uh, various forms of abuse, uh, physical, psychological, um, sexual, uh, incest, uh, uh, neglect, uh, all kinds of fun and interesting things that, you know, some children have to fucking contend with. And um, for me, I noticed it right away, like it helped me feel more empowered to say what I wanted to um, have people be clear with me what they wanted and their their desires and their and then finding those boundaries or knowing those boundaries and also expressing them was very safe. Uh, DS was probably one of my first sort of broadenings of my foray like you know before that I was kinky you know sticking fingers and asses and spanking and what have you but um that whole uh power exchange in a relationship that's very uh uh transparent or as transparent as it can be you know I know that some people don't they say they practice and they don't practice that way but uh in my world honesty is the best fucking policy and you know, what are you going to do? You know, you, you're going to fail people. But if you're not transparent about that, if you're not honest and open about where you are failing, then you're not going to get anywhere. And, you know, same for the people I'm with. I, I expect them to be as honest and transparent as they can be. And so that 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 really was the part that, that drew me in in a way that um, I think um, I really started noticing the healing uh, more because it was that psychological healing. And in fact, back in the day, and I, I would say I still teach this to some extent, um, when I'm, when I'm talking about pain and damage in relationships in kink and BDSM relationships, DS relationships, that psychological, um, pain, uh, is is much more potentially harmful than than physical and i say potentially because you know sure if you're doing a suspension scene da 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 uh, the 
but uh but you know just really uh hurting someone psychologically to the extent to which you're harming them and then that's where hurt and harm come in and that might be another conversation i don't want to uh overreach here but uh do you remember the first time that you had someone reach back to you and say minx you changed my life for the better uh the first time uh wow um I can't, I can't tell you the first time. I don't remember. I, I can tell you that it, it does happen periodically in my life. And I'm always a little bit um, just, you know, kaflemped, choked up and surprised. Uh, and honored that that should be the case. I, you know, this work is fairly isolating work I started, I didn't start out in a house. Uh, I've never been particularly part of a particular group or a subgroup, so to speak, even in the realm of kink. I'm not a purely a fetishist. I'm not purely a corporalist. I'm not, you know, there's all these various uh, bents or, or trails that you can, you know, roam in. And, uh, and I just kind of like it all, basically. Um, so that still makes me a little bit like oh, outside of it sometimes I think and and so when somebody comes to me and says that I'm like oh wow um so yeah unfortunately I don't have a first right off the top of my head I can tell you one time wherein I was very depleted I was going through a very rough time I had lost my live work situation for the sixth time in 10 years in the Bay Area, because that only happens out here, mind you, pretty much. And uh, I had the opportunity to go to uh, see the triplets of Belleville uh, being screened at the Opera House with the uh, San Francisco Symphony playing live for it. It was just a, you know, really a fabulous uh, moment, but I was so down and I was so like, uh, like crushed on the inside and feeling really insecure and just, uh, you know, just disgruntled, disjointed, dis everything. And um, this person came up to me after the opera and, he, and they said, you know, are you Eve Manax? And, and I said, yes. And he says, uh, uh, you know, I just want to tell you that, you know, thank you so much for everything that you do in the community and everything you've done. Da, 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 da. And, you know, he kind of went on for just a couple of sentences. It wasn't anything out of control. It's feeding time. <laughs> the birds on the balcony. I have an aviary. Uh, I'm, I'm becoming the old bird person in my <laughs> older years, uh, but it was just, you know, he was really sincere and I, ha I, I, in some ways, I have no idea what he was referring to. Like, was he referring to the teaching? Was he referring to the sessions? Was he referring to, you know, the multiple places that I'd been and, and done things over the years? 
didn't matter the writings, you know, and all that, but uh, it didn't matter. It was just like, oh, uh, <laughs> you have no idea how badly I needed to hear that right now. So um, whoever they are, thank you, thank you, thank you, because it really uh, lifted my spirits enough to 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 continue the work and to continue my life in the manner in which I had been previously engaging it. Was there a moment in time when you realized that you didn't have to worry about people knowing what you did anymore? No. I have How always been liberating out. is that? Well, I've always been out. Um I have to decide sometimes who I'm sharing what information with um, because of assumptions and, and what have you. But it's been my firm belief from the very beginning of my forays into kink and BDSM that this was not something that I was going to hide. I felt like it was part of my sexuality in ways that um, uh, you know, what I discovered, so I came out as lesbian at some point. Uh, this is before we had the term queer being used in, in such, you know, more broad and common uh, places. But I was like, well, I'm not really a lesbian. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, you know, going back to the, the term pervert, I'm like, oh, I'm a pervert. Like gender does not matter, has never mattered. I just really like, as you would say, John, uh, good humans, even semi-human, you don't have to be a full 100% human, but you know, human enough to like walk around and have some empathy for others, um, who, you know, if we click, then, you know, all's fair, it's all game, you know, it's good time. So, uh, so for me, that realization was more so like, oh, yeah, I'm a pervert more than I am something sexual although i do love the new terminology like when i go through it i'm like oh i'm sapio uh uh, uh scolio uh dominant sexual or some you know like it, it it can can get quite lengthy yeah and we will talk about the you that is an absolutely wonderful human when we return what Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. We're back in just a minute. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thankscatsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni 
on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? (laughs) Or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns, (laughs) Uh, but lots of solid BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners written by Princessa Natasha Strange, that's me, (laughs) is available on Amazon. Go get it now. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at www.podcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy, as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to what women and other wonderful humans want, presented by Dating Kinky. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program. You have an improv background, something that we share together. Where did that come from? Rough life. (laughs) (laughs) Sink or swim. (laughs) Uh, As far as theater goes, you know, it just suits my personality. I'm very much, uh, uh, I don't like to plan. I don't like to sit and like, well, I'm also ADHD, which has become uh, more evident as I've gotten older. I used to just think I was very um, good at multitasking. Um, So yeah, it suits my personality. I, I really enjoy the thrill of moving into a scene and playing with the energy and the knowledge you know of those uh reds or or boundaries or what have you but also the more you get to know a person the more you can get in their head and the beauty of being able to get in people's heads is you can do that healing work that we were talking about earlier in really perverse and fucked up ways but make sure that it's healing instead of leaving i would never you know in fact, I think I've I've done more good for, for other people in my life than I have for myself sometimes. Although I'm sure there are people out there who who might disagree with that, and I always want to be aware that if anyone's got any uh, issues with me, I want to be very clear that I would very much want to resolve those. I know a lot of people over the years um, have come out with people you know who've transgressed or what have you. Um, I haven't had that. Uh, so far in my life, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist somewhere. So I I do want to be very aware of that. Is it hard for you to accept praise and love? Well, John, why would you ask that question? I know that I've had that problem from time to time, but just something that you said in that previous answer just made me believe that that might be something that goes on 
Well, you know, you and my therapist could probably have a really decent cup of tea about that. Um, I've come a long way. Um, I don't know, you know, what all you know about CPTSD or uh, abuse survivors and what have you, but, um, you know, there's a spectrum there, you know, even if you're just not validated as a child, you can grow up very, very uncomfortable with praise and validation because it's just not normal. But when you've really like had some shit you know, go down, it's it's kind of ingrained in your, um, uh, not just in your psyche, but also in your genetics. Um, I come from a long line of, of self-loathers uh, and um, uh, self-deprecating folks to the extent to which it's kind of a running joke, you know, which is not a joke when you really look at it. So yeah, definitely have a hard time with uh, praise and, uh, did you say praise and validation or praise and love? Praise and love. Love is a tricky one. I mean, really, do we want to go into that in this podcast? Like, what is love? Other than a good Hathaway song that was on Saturday Night Live for quite a while. What is love? I think to me, and I've written a blog about this called Simply Love, it is when a connection between two people is so strong that nothing can break it. Okay, so when I say that I think one of the greatest love stories ever written or betrayed is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, you agree with me? Because most people do not. I haven't seen that in a long time, although that is of my generation to have watched it. But even if people are flawed, people will still love each other. I agree. But I don't think that love is prescriptive. I do think that it does require uh, that unconditionality that we talk about as if it's widely found and or uh, acceptable, you know, but the reality is most people do not love unconditionally. Oh, he's got to be 510. She's got to be, they've got to be queer. You know, like there's so many uh, things that we require in these people. And, you know, even then when I, I'll oftentimes say, oh, they line up well on paper. The CV is perfect for me, right? Nothing, no spark, nada. So, you know, it's an interesting thing, the whole love thing. Not to get waxed too, like, hyper um, self-helpy psychological. I will say that loving myself has definitely been something that uh, has taken a very, very long time. And it has helped me in relationships, but it's not as trite as simply like, I love myself, therefore I can love others. It's really more like uh, respect. I know what I need, I know what I want, I know what makes me happy, and I can say no to things now. I, I, I'm a people pleaser, uh, which makes me a great service top. 
uh, I'm a bossy broad, which makes me a great dominant. Um, reality is, is you can't boss people around and expect them to do what you want all the time. Uh, nor can you be, you know, taking care of them all the time and, you know, people pleasing uh, in order to, to make them happy. So there's, there are these, you know, miracle pieces in life that you learn over time, or I've learned uh, for, be for better or worse, or, you know, less, more or less uh, about like, oh, please myself first. And, and I have to this day, I'm almost, you know, I'm in my late 50s. And I will need to stop myself and say, okay, why am I making this decision? Is it to make the other person happy? Or is it to make me happy and where you know is there a negotiation in between if it's black and white or if it seems to be extremely diametrically opposed of through this interview process met a lot of people who are dominant and i am always taken aback at how kind truly dominant people are do you find the same thing Absolutely. I mean, you and I were talking about uh, humans earlier. I I actually find, you know, monsters are oftentimes kind. You know, Frankenstein was created by man and then was afraid of fire and people just didn't know how to deal with this creature. Um, I think oftentimes when we don't know how to deal with somebody, we think they're purposefully unkind or they're trying to hurt us when, and this is not always the case, mind you, uh, you know, there are sociopathic and narcissistic folk out there who really, really don't give a shit. But most of the time, those monsters we see in the other human beings are misunderstood or they're not under they don't know how to relay what they're feeling deeply inside like i'm not being heard is a very common one but you can have two people going i'm not one person saying i'm not being heard and the other person saying i'm not being heard and nobody's finding that neither one is finding that area of, of how do we get heard or maybe Sometimes, I mean, I know I've had to walk away from people who I feel like I've tried to relay on numerous levels what I'm saying when what I mean when I say that and they cannot wrap their head around it. I can't change that. So better to let it go. One thing that I have discovered recently is the joy of being seen, not necessarily heard but somebody who sees me for who I really am. They're synonymous to me in many, many ways. Um, I, I don't think that I use one term more than the other. I think probably uh, I was using heard because uh, I had a recent situation where it was a verbal engagement, but absolutely seeing, you know, you're, around me all the time, I observe all these things about you, then you're surprised that I have observed them. But, you know, I'm observing. But the problem with observation also, though, back to the sociopath types and what have you is, 
they can observe very astutely and use it against you. Mm. So that's, I think, probably why I make sometimes that distinction between being seen and being heard, because, but also with heard, I don't know, you know, don't get me waxing on. I will philosophically <laughs> meander for ages. And I think that is something that we of our generation, and you and I are about the same age, where we may wax on what we've known in the past, but are always fascinated by what we find in the now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, when I was younger, I was older. In fact, I have a little tagline on, on some website, like, uh, older than younger now. <laughs> um, I love hanging out with, with the youths, uh, as much as I do still older people, same age, whatever. I've, I've never been, a fixated on a particular age group. Um, it's, it's just a joy to be with humans who do think about things and care and share and know how to have a little bit of fun, but also know how to get serious and be really clear about what's right and wrong in this world and what's okay and what's not and how are we going to fix it. You have been one of the most delightful and kind people I've talked to. I'm trying to imagine the dominant you. What's the difference or how are you able to bring that forth? Well, like I said before, if you fail in this interview, you won't get a spanking for your birthday. That is the tip of the iceberg, my friend. No, really. Um, I, it was, you know, when I first started working professionally, uh, it was so funny because people, it, well, not not often, because most of the time they were intimidated. But every once in a while, you get somebody come in and I'm like, you're so nice. <laughs> I I can't imagine you being able to you know, inflict pain, like, you know, in, what I need, or I, I don't think I've ever really fully felt pain before. And I can tell you 100% of the time, they always ended with, wow, okay, never mind. I, I, you know, fully... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Not abstract, not subtract. When you take back your statement, there's a word. Retract. 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 Yes. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Thank you. I retract my statement. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to say that I'm like a prairie dog. Do you want to know why? Why? Because I'm cute as hell and mean as shit. I love being mean. It's so much fun. Once again, in a controlled environment where you absolutely just having fun with being mean. And, and for me, everything is with intention and purpose. I'm not mean in the classic Saudian sense of a sadist. I'm not inflicting pain for my own erotic pleasure. I'm being mean to let out the meanie in me to someone who needs that meanie to engage mm -hmm. with in a way that is going to uplift both of us in the end. 
And what's great about being the meanie is you can utilize it in ways to engage the the psyche of the other person, the the shit that they have, like, oh, I'm not good enough, or oh, this or that, in ways that 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 can really get them to question it. Or if their ego is too big, you can deflate it a bit. You know, I don't believe in taking people down so far that they're never going to get up again. But you got to take them down a few notches sometimes. And then for others, you need to uplift them by taking them down and letting them see they're safe down there. They're okay. They know what to do. They have the knowledge. They have the wisdom. They have the wherewithal to call their safe word or what have you. And so it's just knowing that there's this giant spectrum out there and the meanie may come out in a tongue in cheek way, you know, like, you know, were you in my panty drawer again? <laughs> or, you know, it may come out in some very serious uh, ways of you're my complete captive, you have nowhere to go, you have nothing to do, which is hypnotic suggestion, which is also taking them back to a meditative state, which is taking them back to their body in this fluid state, pre prime, you know, pre civilized into this sort of like genome, if you will. But you can put it all in the package. Like, I don't know, you might have seen my tagline it's not what you do, it's how you do it. You put the meanie in because they a person needs the meanie or the meanie needs to come in in that moment as an archetypal energy but you don't if you're mean if you're just a mean person it's going to reflect in your interactions with folks i have known some people with adhd who tell me that kink is their savior because when they feel the impact or when they are put in that mindset, they can finally think straight. Does that also happen on the top side? Um, I can only say yes, because I do live with ADHD. So for me, um, absolutely that the concentration, I want to point out that I have um, ADHD with, which means I also have the mm, tendency to hyper-focus. Mm -hmm. So hyper-focusing can come in very handy. It's, I actually don't, I don't work well with ADD folks who are more this activity, then this activity, then that. Mm -hmm. I layer and I purposefully, I go in with intention to do the layering. I can have my hyper focus going as the dominant. Mm -hmm. They don't have to focus on anything, which is the beauty of anyone with ADD or ADHD is to be able to not have to think because we're constantly like thinking about a million things at once, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can actually strip that away for someone, then you can give them that just even if you can even strip it away for 15 minutes, they will feel like a million dollars. Imagine you can go on a vacation and you know, this activity, that activity, da, 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 oh, beach, da, 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 okay, da, da, da. you're not going into that space of like, 
sort of forced relaxation, if you will. Um, so when you're working with somebody, you know, like myself, who really understands it uh, from from the inside out, and, and for me, it's it, it, it's relaxing too. I mean, it's also exhausting. I'm I'm not going to lie, um, but my empathy, I have a kind of off the charts empathy uh, thing. So, like, I can't stand the thought of somebody just coming in for an experience and not gaining real, you know, intense, pure, <laughs> like I said, even if, you know, you're with them for, for two and a half hours and they have a hard time getting into their body or what have you, if you can get them for 15, 20 minutes out of those two and a half hours, you'll have them for life because this is a blessing to be able to go into that space and to have it done in, you know, such fun and fabulous ways. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that, that uh, this work, you know, when I first started doing it, I didn't know why I was drawn to it, but I did immediately, I mean, well, first it wasn't work, it was, you know, play, but immediately I was like, fish in water, fish in water, fish in water, boo, 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 I'm <laughs> swimming, 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 with the sharks even, woo, this is fun. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. Beautifully. I described what kink means to me to a Dom friend today. And I've said it on the podcast before. It is the world we live in where when we are in that world, the rest of the world goes away. And to me, when you live in that space where it's just the two, or if it's a bigger scene, I understand that, but it's just the two of you in that scene and the rest of the world goes away. That's the most beautiful feeling in the world. I'd love to know what you think of that particular analogy. Um. I'm in complete agreement. Um, and I want to, you know, also allow for whatever kink or whatever non kink you and I were talking before, like, I'm not a black and white person, like some people find making out to be, you know, this beautiful thing between two people, mm -hmm. where they're just lost in each other. Uh, and I don't. So, you know, to me, that's fairly kinky <laughs> in the sense that it's not common for me, not mm -hmm. in the sense that it's kinky and a turn on. Um, so, you know, I do want to respect that, that that other people have their ways of falling into space. Um, I think that because of this clear cut thing that we do with the dominance and submission or topping and bottoming, wherein the top or the dominant holds the space in a container as such so that the bottom or the the submissive can fly and the 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 dominant or the top flies also but they they fly more like the pilot of the plane you know with the various twists and turns and once again for me for the ADHD I mean I tell you when I first learned sailing it was fantastic because it's like yoga on the water with danger. 
So mm. <laughs> I, I got, you know, the exercise and the relaxation that I required, but I also had to think, think, think so much about safety and security and where the wind was coming from and all the things that it was, it was relaxing because it was pointed and directed like that. That is how I can relax sometimes. I mean, it's not the best way to relax always for me, but, uh, but certainly it's, it's possible. So yeah, I think that you can create a scene out of anything. And I, and honestly, I mean, the fantasy is fantastic. And I do that a lot in my, uh, in my professional life. You know, I, I do it in my personal life too, but, but I think it's also fun to bring in reality into a scene um, and, and play with that a little bit um, because that's where, you know, oftentimes you can get your sort of juicy, problematic bits. The, the, you know, people will say like, oh, I just, you know, I just want to be pushed. I just want to be pushed. It's like people, most, not all people, but many people want to be pushed. But they don't know how to say like, oh, if you, you know, pick at me for wearing grungy clothing. It's like this thing from childhood because I was dressed up nicely all the time. So it's not like a piece that's going to necessarily obliterate them, but it is a part of them that 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 is like part of their identity that you can sort of scratch at mm -hmm. a little give them a little bit of like oh what if i you know dressed you up in a nice little seersucker suit you know <laughs> whatever the case may be right we have gotten quite the education so far and when we return on what women and other wonderful humans want we're going to talk about education and also talk about a certain post that brought me to want to talk to minex when we return. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think, and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. 
Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the practical contract guide, relationship short shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Hi there. I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women Welcome and back Other to the Wonderful program. Humans Thank you, Nookie. Want. Joined by Minax from the Bay Area. Hi, Nookie. Nookie always says, hi there, Catsuit, at the start of every show. So I always have to say, hi there, Nookie. We just had an interview, and I didn't even know you guys were affiliated. So I just want to say, Nookie, hi. I didn't know you guys were affiliated. My bad. <laughs> Nookie will actually be on the show coming up pretty soon, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Great person to talk to. Just really enjoyed talking with her uh, like two weeks ago. It's She's been such an amazing force for me, and, and uh, who would have thought that 160 or so episodes ago we had this wacky idea of starting a podcast, but it's been wonderful. I wanted to talk to you about a certain Instagram post that was from about eight weeks ago. And it had a picture of you either in a workshop or something industrial. You had on goggles, rubber gloves, but we're not talking about the sexy latex kind. You had on a uh, uh, an apron, but the kind of apron you might see either on a farm or in a woodworking shop or uh, an industrial shop. And it looked like somebody that was thinking about what the future would be, or just that you have done so much work that you kind of wondered where things were. And here was the caption. I am not of this world. Social media is fun sometimes, but mostly a tedious mode when one's work or passion depends on it. I have so much love to give combined with deep intention and scathing humor. My skill set to change your life is wickedly easy, but I live in a society that rewards youth and I work in a field that seeks youth. I hadn't thought much ahead around this challenge previously because I assumed skill and expertise would conquer. Silly, over-hopeful Dom, c'est la vie. On the other hand, perhaps it's time to retire. Only those who dare be considered such as life. That must have been... Something. Hmm. I'm listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> that must have been something that had been on your mind for quite a while. But what led you to that? 
I am ADHD and I am mercurial. Um, but if you cut me, do I not bleed? Just a fair amount of radio silence. And, you know, I could kick myself in the ass because, oh, when was the last time I posted at OnlyFans? Or when, you know, I, it's, it's, it was, it's a, it's a conversation with myself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I don't, I'm not a big sharer of, intimate details of my life. But I will say that my, you know, from the very first website I created, I created diary pages before blogs existed. Uh, Even live journal, if it did come out, it came out shortly thereafter, it wasn't like a embedded app, or back in the day, I guess we just call them programs or something. (laughs) um, I was like, Oh, you know, kind of like the gender thing, you know, as a child, people probably want to know a little bit about my life, you know, I'll share, you know, I, I, poetry, stories, uh, images, what have you. So, um, I've never, I've never taken this work to be about me being particularly, uh, sexual, like sexy, like it's to me, the sexy part is not about um, the looks. It's about, you know, we, we, we were talking about this earlier. It's about, you know, what the person brings. And so I guess I just never really thought that um, youth and beauty would come before, you know, expertise and all that. Um, so I was probably having a little pity party for myself, right? But I was also trying not to blame myself so much, which is what I would probably have done more so in the past. Or the whip mistress in me would have been like, you know, the slave driver, like, okay, get on your, you know, get on your social media, do all the things, do it now, you know, get it out there. Uh, tomorrow you can do like four hours of no, no, no. And I have friends who are very, very good at this, you know, and it's, it's, you know, they can put it in their schedule. Like I do an hour of this on Tuesdays and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I just hats off to anyone. It's not a critique. It's, 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 it's a, there is a bit of pity for myself in it that I don't have the wherewithal. Like I can barely, do my email or sit in front of a computer these days. I just am so, well, I don't want to be rude, but I'm so tired of it. I like people. I like uh, energy. I like sharing that energy live. Um, and uh, passive income hasn't been something that I have uh, uh, thought about very much until, you know, tendonitis kicks in. And, you know, that's a truth. Like I can't do a two hour heavy corporal scene these days unless, you know, it's very well compensated because I I need at least two days to, to recover. So it's not about chagrin of aging per se, but more so I do liken myself a little bit to, unfortunately, the, um, the ant and the um, uh, grasshopper. Do you know that story? 
the ant is working, you know, working, 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 and then it comes winter time, and the ant has, and the grasshopper's been singing and playing mm-hmm. in the grass, and now it's like winter time, and the grasshopper's like, oh, I have nowhere to go, I'm cold. <laughs> um, so that's where it comes back to like, oh shit, I suck because I'm being more like the grasshopper on one hand, but on the other hand, like if I'm a grasshopper and I'm trying to be an ant, that's not very fair either. So I think that pretty much encapsulates what I was, what I was relaying. And, and, and the next day I almost took it down. Cause I was like, Oh shit, what did I do? You know? Um, but I got a lot of really lovely comments and, you know, I have so many friends who I love and respect who write personal posts all the time and it's quite normal for them, or maybe it's not, but it looks normal. Um, but for me, it was kind of a very big deal and I got really self-conscious about it. Um, so I was really grateful that, um, you know, like you reached out and said, oh, I think you're fab. You know, do you want to come on the show? And I was like, oh, yeah, I do. You know, um, so... Does that answer your question? Let me give you one more comment that I didn't type on Instagram. I want you to know, as you give me a funny look on the screen, which makes me smile, I want you to know that I identified with that particular post so very, very much. Because all we can do is the best that we can do at the time. We do remember when the phone was the most wonderful thing in the world because we talked to our friends. We would go outside and play with our friends and not have to worry about who's posting what or what video game they're playing. The biggest worry we might have is, is Batman going to be on at four o'clock? Cause I want to watch it. <laughs> and why do you, why do you think I became the way I am? He's my yes, long-term it, favorite still is to this day. But what you have done for this community in your more than 20 years, what you do for it now, the example that you set by being someone who is open and approachable and kind and empathetic, you never had to play a role. It's always been you. And I think you had that moment of self-doubt when you were kind of like, well, wow, these these women and other people look great in their latex and they're super snapping and all that sort of stuff. But the fact is, I don't think that's ever been you. Your heart has been what has led you, not what you wear, not what you look like. And so that post really spoke to me deeply and I did want to have you on the show after that. I wanted to have you on the show before that, but 
you do dare every single day because you get out there and you're in the arena. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Um, I don't know who needs to hear this right now, or even if it'll make it into the cast, but um, my, my current sort of political, if you will, bent is amongst all my queer, kinky, non-queer, kinky, pervert friends, et cetera, et cetera, colleagues, what have you, who um, are not paying attention or kind of paying attention, but not really around um, the possibilities of decriminalizing sex work. Um, when I say decriminalization, it's like uh, with the, the uh, police, it's not defund the police to have no police. It is decriminalize something that could potentially be a felony that actually is very much about work that can be very, very conducive and helpful in life. And uh, I am not a full service escort person. However, I believe that my, you know, this is all my family and they do great work as well, much more than they're maligned in media, you know, home wreckers and what have you. If, if these people didn't have outlets for their needs, oftentimes they wouldn't be the loving, supportive people that they are in this world. And there are so many more of those than home wreckers. I just really want to put a, a shout out to decriminalization because if, if it's decriminalized, then maybe somewhere, somehow, we can start to have more interesting conversations around what sex work is to each person. You know, you don't like every dentist you see, you don't like every doctor or, uh, or lawyer that you see. Uh, so why do we lump one profession together instead of actually understanding that there are different types and approaches and people within that work? Well put and well said, and I'm glad we had the opportunity to to share that. I know that you are very much focused on a certain part of the education that you do. I'd love for you to share that with our audience because I know that it's super important to you and should be super important to many people. Well, it's it's getting a lot more important. It's getting so important now that people are getting freaking PhDs and such in it. <laughs> so, so good on them. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I come from um, a, a teacherly background in the sense that I love teaching, like it's a turn on. I love teaching. I love learning. I'm a switch in that pedagogical. I was just saying I, uh, to a friend of mine yesterday, uh, pedagogical sexual, uh, you know, when you love to learn and you love to teach. Um, and when I first started out, there weren't there were conferences. There were a lot of BDSM conferences, but you would have to have like you know, a nine to five job and then, you know, good money to to go to the conference, to pay for the conference and then be amongst the people and learn the things. And if you were a presenter, same thing, you were not getting paid. 
Um, so, you know, it was, it was always invaluable to me to have the possibility of being educated, sharing and exchanging ideas around kink and BDSM and the various, the multitude of aspects around it. Um, so yeah, I started teaching uh, 20 some years ago uh, and workshopping and I've had, you know, a lot of crazy fun classes. I've had very intense courses. Uh, I've worked uh, with Cleo Dubois and the Academy of SM Arts, which is now um, retired, but that was for 18 years uh, teaching these weekend long intensives six to seven times a year to various uh, folks uh, around kink and BDSM, primarily from a dominance viewpoint. But we always brought in our own volunteer bottoms who engaged the students with incredible information about what it's like to be a sub or a bottom or in those particular instances, because nothing is cookie cutter, right? So to me, yeah, teaching and, and, and the other part was when I was coming out as a, a professional as well, I wanted that. I mean, I come from not in my family, but in my head, that researcher that we were talking about earlier. I'm like, I want, you know, I'd read all the books by then, like every single book on kink and BDSM that was out there. You can't do that these days, I don't think. But back then, yeah, I'd read like 37 books before. Uh, uh, you know, and taking lots of workshops and classes and stuff. But uh, I really wanted to mentor with someone. I thought, you know, mentoring would be the best way to go. And nobody back then mentored. Um, wow. And we still have a hard time mentoring because unfortunately, uh, that's a whole nother realm. But uh, sometimes the students kind of pick up a few hours of work from you and then go hang there tags out there and say they've been trained fully by you and they're not necessarily doing the work in that way but they're young and they're attractive so they get the clientele and you hope for the best because none of this was agreed upon talk about non-consensual that's a little side piece but it's a true part of the work which once again if we decrim if we have people dialoguing about these things it, it could be potentially more of a an actual dialogue having said that i really love teaching. And uh, so yeah, I've been doing it for a very, very long time. Um, but I'm not currently active in the direct teaching scene, with the exception of um, I have a lot of uh, students who I coach, whether they be professionals who've trained with me or uh, professionals who've been out on, in the world on their own doing other things and just need, you know, advice or support or uh, to up their skills with certain skill sets like, you know, ESTEM or urethral dilations, things like that. Um, and then I also have uh, 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 clients who, you know, I, I, I coach just in general, like their relationships and kink and, you know, finding partners and things like that. So um, just before COVID, I, I did create a huge series of coursework called the Minax Method, the non-method method, method uh, in that 
yes, there's a right way and a wrong way to do certain things around safety and what have you, but everyone is different. And in fact, you can play work with the same person for years and years and years. And there are certain things that you think you can assume, but unless they tell you on that particular day that, oh, I lost my job earlier, my dog died, or wow, I won the lotto, you know, other things can occur or, you know, gee, I just found out I have Crohn's disease. You know, these things affect our bodies and our circumstances a lot more than, than, than we'd like to think that they do because we want everything nice and neatly categorized. So yeah, it was, it was launching in uh, March of 2020. <laughs> And it was going to be live and in person. And the first six workshops were going to be here in the Bay Area with um, the fabulous folks at um, Nightshade Sanctuary, which is now also closed. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you, COVID, for all the things. But you know what? It also brought a lot of attention to uh, you know how much I was extending myself and, and what I was getting back around it. And you know the importance of finding uh, great collaborators to work with. I really, really love collaborating, and yet I tend to be oftentimes on my own because that's just the way it's been, you know. So it, it's genius and wonderful when I can work with other folks, and I really been wanting to work with more folks who are variety of ages, body types, psychological mentalities. Uh, ethnicities, you know, income levels, et cetera, et cetera, just to have that, you know, to me, diversity, like socialism is not a bad word, um, on the contrary. Um, yeah, so that was, that was happening. And then I started, I'd been working with um, TASHRA, which stands for the Alternative Sexualities Health Resource Alliance since their incarnation, which was 2010 or so, I think. Um, and now we're doing some great work together um, where I'm presenting on kink, BDSM, and um, working with alleviating symptoms around CPTSD and neurodiversity, neurodivergent behaviors and desires, etc. What a resume. And one of the few people <laughs> that I've ever found on LinkedIn as well. As I was looking around, I went, there they are on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty cool as well. Because how many people can have the word Sauvon on their LinkedIn? <laughs> That's Pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> well, I happened to live in France for a few years, so I, I kind of know some of them French words. <laughs> Mais oui. Merci. <laughs> très bien. Tu parles français? Alors. Uh, un très peu. Un tout très petit peu. peu. Tout petit peu. <laughs> this has been absolutely wonderful. I really have enjoyed speaking with you. I love your storytelling. I was just sitting back here just absolutely in awe of the things that you've done and really appreciate you taking the time sharing so much of your story with our listeners uh, today. 
I appreciate sharing this time with you and your listeners as well, John. It's been uh, a great, lovely way to spend my early evening here in San Francisco. And if you heard my dog in the background, she's a disabled Chihuahua named Twyla Twinkletoes. And I have a little aviary on the balcony. So it's bird chasing time. (laughs) My apologies for the noise, but that's the truth. I always love having guest stars on the show. (laughs) Yeah, Twyla's a guest star. Awesome. Um, And, you know, if anyone out there wants to collaborate with me uh, on creating, and I don't even, I'm not married to the name Minax Method. I just want to present this work around the, so many contingencies. I don't believe in saying, here are the 10 ways you will be the perfect dominant, and therefore, you know, everything will go perfect in your life and everything will be. Uh, amazing and these are all the things you have to do it's not quite that simple but at the same time if you if you are amenable to that toolbox and and putting the various tools in there and knowing how to use them and when to use them you will be a much better dominant and or submissive and or just general switch loving caring person i think all of these things transfer well beyond uh, uh kinky sex um and then you know, just to plug once again, I really love the work that's been going on around uh, the work and the research around um, neurodiversity, CPTSD, and now, you know, how we, the body creates its own drugs and how we can create our own drugs as we're playing. So we need to get that cortisol level up. You were talking about serotonin earlier, endorphins, you know, there are various reasons and and placements in our body that that, that we respond to uh, in ways that that either relax us or at least help us not be in our heads so much. And when you know how to create those drugs in the body with another person, you know, there's just really uh, not a lot that can compare to that, except for maybe drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just so much wonderful information, and I do appreciate you sharing every bit of it with us today. Thanks for having me. We love you. Happy birthday. So much fun talking to somebody who has such an amazing background when it comes to kink and BDSM. And what a nice person Minax is. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans want presented by dating kinky she was known for doing bdsm aerobics classes but she's more well known as one of the top pro doms in los angeles it's the legendary snow mercy next time on what women and other wonderful humans want a new edition of the show premieres next tuesday wherever you get your podcasts Special thanks to Minax for being with us on the program, and I thank you for being with us. We couldn't do this show without you. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What women and other wonderful humans want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1. On Instagram at What Women Want Podcast. 
for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. And now, select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. 